Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is uh, the Man Up Podcast. Uh, we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas, which if you happen to have a globe, you can spin it around, find Texas, find Houston, and we're on the southwest side. So we're so glad you're here. This is the Man Up Podcast. Podcast number, what, 41? Unbelievable. We're so glad that you're here, and we got a full we got a full panel, and there's more coming in. So, my name is Bill Cox, and we have been in the Connection 360, a study of Acts, and what this is about is going viral, the birth and advance of the church, and we're in a section that is a heartfelt farewell, and you know it's amazing how God works. Uh, we're right in the middle of a farewell in our church of our music minister. So not only are we going to bring the lesson to you, but we're also going to bring a little bit of personal experience. So we got an awesome panel here. And what we're going to do, if you aren't familiar with the Man Up podcast, we'll go around first and I will introduce our panelists. <clears throat> and then I will let them summarize the lesson because we've already went through this in the Man Up uh, Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School. So we have some deep thoughts now um, about this because we've been thinking about this for a while. And if you listen to any of our podcasts, we are on iTunes, we're also on SoundCloud, and we have a Facebook page, Man Dash Up on Facebook. If you ever have any questions, you can go ahead and post them on Facebook and what we'll do is we will answer them here in this podcast. So, I'm going to go around the room first, and I'm going to introduce the panel, and then I'm going to let them do a quick uh, summary of the lesson and what it means to them. We will read the lesson to bring you up, and then we'll go ahead and we will do a discussion on it. And our panel tonight is, <clears throat> he's an attorney, he's a prosecutor for the city of Houston. If you get in trouble... The person throwing the book at you is Mr. Michael Cropper, and he's here. Hi, everyone. <laughs> we have our own class deacon. He's an insurance guy, so you know he cares. Once again with us, Mr. Kyle Trahan. <clears throat> and he's a driver. He's into logistics. He is our church evangelist. You're going to love this guy. And he's visiting with us, Mr. Earl Lloyd. Great guy. Uh, you kind of That's right. Hell, he's been here two or three times. Yeah, but I haven't been here. Ah, so. okay. <laughs> right, so now I can tell you physically. And he is a professional trainer at a corporate uh, Fortune 100 company. We call him the professor. Robert Koshu is here. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm, I am the director of Man Up. I'm basically uh, just a salesman, a writer, an actor. And I just love the church. I love the Lord. And I love creating an oasis for men. And this is what the Man Up podcast is about. I'm going to talk about a heartfelt farewell. 
and just have a quick summary. Going to go around and let the panelists talk a little bit about the lesson that we're about to go through so you can kind of hear their thoughts and also recognize their voice. Going to start with the professor. Yeah, uh, good to be here again. Um, I am really impressed with how this passage on the surface doesn't really talk about it, but when you dig into it, you really discover that ministry, witnessing, discipleship, everything we do as Christians is all relationship driven. Just like everything else in the world that we do as human beings, it's all driven by relationships. And that's really one of those things that when you look at these kind of passages and when you think through everything, what makes the world go round, what makes the church go round, and what makes Christianity work completely. Excellent. Earl Lloyd. Boys and Men once wrote a song. They have a song out called It's So Hard to Say Goodbye. And it, it, oh, it's yeah. A beautiful, oh, yeah. It's a beautiful yeah. song, got beautiful lyrics. It's so hard to say goodbye. And this kind of reminded me of a funeral or saying goodbye to a reunion or four years at school, uh, putting in four years at school and saying, having to say goodbye. And the bond that you create with individuals that you work with. When I when I left man, when I left man up some years ago, it was it was hard to leave, but I knew it was the time to move on. But the bond that I share with these fellas, the the breaking bread, the uh, the praying, the witnessing, I know exactly perhaps what Paul felt. And, and and this I love lessons like this because they go beneath the surface in reference to it, it make mention in scripture where they not only broke bread, but they cried for one another. You know, when you break tears for one another, how deep the bond was. So I'm looking forward to uh, diving into this. Outstanding. And Kyle Trahan. You know, <clears throat> when Paul's heading out and he's, you know, heading back into Jerusalem, I believe it was. Um, you know, he's popping into various places and everything. But he also knows and realizes, you know, this is his, probably his last journey, you know. So for him, you know, he knows what happened to Christ. You know, they just threw him up on a big tree. Well, the same thing or worse or, you know, whatever could happen to him, and he knows that. And he's heading into the lion's den. And so, I mean, he's telling these folks, you know, live long and prosper. And, you know, keep after God's heart and see you later. Interesting, interesting. Michael Crawford. Yes, yes. Hi, everyone. Good to be here. Um, if Bill didn't mention to you right when I walked in the door, uh, we are in Acts 20, uh, chapter 20, and we're looking at the ministry of Paul. And we're looking at the ministry after he's been in it for some 20 years. And if those of you who don't know, uh, the Apostle Paul is possibly the last minister who was called actually by Christ himself. However, he was done through a vision. He was called to witness and to be a, a, uh, a witness and a disciple for Christ. And he does this very, very ardently. He does it going everywhere with the idea that whatever it costs, he's going to preach the Word of God. And he's gone through Ephesus, he's gone through Greece, he's gone through, uh, I think, as far as Italy. And he's now returning after these many years. And, uh, and, and folks, what would cause a man to do something like this, to go back to Jerusalem, where he's actually, it, it, we will look at the text, and 
Paul has been informed by people who have words of knowledge from the Lord that he in fact is going to face uh, possibly bonds, possibly persecution, possibly death, just like Kyle mentioned, everyone has mentioned. But he knows in his heart he's got to do it. Just like Christ knew he was going to die on the cross. And he had to go back to Jerusalem, the same place, at any cost. And so Paul's heart is very heavy, and he's driven onward back to Jerusalem. And in, and in the text that Bill is going to read to us, uh, we do see that he's sharing his heart. He knows at any cost he will go to Jerusalem and he will not see these people again that he has ministered to and see the Holy Spirit work in their lives and give their life to Christ. Excellent. And that's where we're going. We're going into the text, Acts 20, 17 through 38. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, with trials, which came upon me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly and from house to house, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, bound by the Spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and affliction awaits me. But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that all of you, among whom I went about preaching the kingdom, will no longer see my face. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that my departure, savage wolves, will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples from them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my own needs and to the men who were with me. In everything I showed you that while working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with all of them. And they began to weep aloud and embraced Paul and repeatedly kissed him, grieving especially over the word which he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they were accompanying him to the ship. Let me me put some context. A couple of notes I was reading and thinking through. So, to 
kind of know where Paul's mind was. He had just spent some time in Corinth before he came to Ephesus. When he got to Ephesus, right before this, there was actually a riot regarding the way, and it's because Paul's, Paul's ministry had such influence that the silversmiths that primarily made idols, they were losing business. Right. <laughs> and right. so yeah. they did that. But while he was at Corinth, he wrote <coughs> Romans, the great, which is really the great theological treatise. I mean, it is, I won't say the cornerstone of our faith, but there is so much in Romans that talks about our faith in theology and what we believe as Christians. It, it's really the fleshing out of the Christian faith. Romans really yeah. does that. Well, and it's almost as if, because he had these 20 years right. to think about the ministry, that he put it in order. Yes. And, uh, you yes. Know, and he, was he was able to give it the framework. But, you know, the thing about it is, um, and, and like Earl alluded to it earlier, there comes a time in life, and especially as men, you graduate and you become a leader. And that is exactly what you have to do. You have to move on. And like I've always said about this man up class, it's not comfort food. You don't come in here to just get comfortable. You come in to get challenged. Iron sharpens iron. And then you move on to your own circle of influence and then you graduate the next one. That's that's what men and that's what leadership is. And, and, and you've talked about it several times that we're... We're basically the knights of the round table. We're a bunch of generals. We come in here, we set our armor aside, and we share our, our lives and our thoughts and our ministry, and then to get strengthened, to put our armor back on, iron sharpens iron, to go back out into the world. And one of the teenagers I teach made this. You want to know what's interesting about iron? When it sharpens iron? And my father was a metal worker. My dad was a welder. 50-something years. I was I was striking an arc at six years old as a welder. I actually welded at six years old. Have a picture of me weld. But when iron is hitting other iron, they mend and bend each other. So they attract and hit each other. So I'm hitting two pieces of iron together. So You're both changing. You're both, you're both changing. changing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something to remember as, as we look particularly at Christian relationships, that it is the iron sharpens iron, but we're both being changed as we hit in, upon each other. We're both having an impact upon each other as we move forward in our lives. And I think that's something, you know, to always remember and look at as we do that. And I think this passage kind of starts, you know, kind of think through that a little bit. You know, Paul had influence on all these people that you read about. How much did these people in return influence Paul? I, I reference I reference this um, this this lesson in reference to me when I got with this class, and I, I recall the day I walked into this class, men, guys, just hanging out talking about God's word, and I know exactly what Paul mean when you know good Christian brothers just hanging out, they were building tents, they were working together, but they was talking about Jesus, and throughout the man built built. Bill hit the nail on the head. When you come to this class, it ain't no propping your feet up. It's, it's, it's getting busy. I'm in my second week in here. He came to me telling me I was teaching the, the following week. And I was like, are you crazy? I'm the youngest guy in here, at least 10 years younger than everybody in here. I mean, it was guys in there that was 10 plus years older than me. I was the youngest one. And he's telling me I'm teaching. And I laughed at him. 
but I talk. And one thing about man up, and like like you said, I always tell people, I'm pouring out what what these guys have poured into me. I go to the men's Bible study on Thursday morning. I'm pouring out what I see these good Christian men. I mean these these good role models. So mm-hmm. being a man up over the three years, I'm, the three years that I was there, it just it just propped me up. I, I thank God for man up Bible, uh, the men's Bible study on seven o'clock every morning. So I know exactly what Paul meant. Paul make mention in verse 24 that when it was time to go, it was just it was it was it was time to move on. And 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 you have to accept that. And 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 like I always tell people now, God didn't make me for me. He made me for him. Paul make mention in 24 that my life means nothing. Mm-hmm. It means nothing. It's all about God. It's all about getting the gospel out. That's all our lives mean. Our relevancy mm-hmm. is about spreading the gospel of Jesus. Telling the story, mm-hmm. believing the story, knowing the story, and going out and telling the story. And now that it's time to go, it's just time to. He knew he was like Jesus Christ. He knew he knew he had to die. Paul knew they was gonna melee him in, in, in Jerusalem. But another interesting part was doing down while he was uh, he was collecting money for the for the poor churches in Jerusalem. When he got back, he, he was to give them money that he had collected mm-hmm. on, on this three year journey down on, on his journey. It, it, it's a matter of business. It's a matter of business, and that's what I. I, I I praise God for this class that it ain't no, I mean, podcast on a Wednesday. I love this. You know how sport commentators break down sports? We in here breaking down God's word, man. It don't get no better than that. It don't get no better than that. Breaking down God's word so you can understand it better. And then you can go out and tell it. You can go out and, and push it. Because that's all. It, that, at the end of the day, when you leave her, the first thing people going to ask you, was you saved? Mm-hmm. That's that's the bottom line, and that's what Paul was about in the three years build, building them up, and 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 and, and last time I gotta I, I gotta roll on. I got it, it's farewell, it's farewell. And I, I when when he was farewell to them, man, I felt the day I had to leave his class, but I knew it was, time, to go. It was time. It was time to move. Well, it was time and, to and, chapter. And, that's right. Next yeah. chapter. The next one. Yeah, and and let's talk about that because I think that's important for guys because sometimes as guys we can get comfortable. Can can <laughs> well everybody does until there's an expiration right. date. When there's right. an expiration date, then all of a sudden people have to man up and realize what am I going to get from value from this person because he's leaving or this leader is gone. So all of a sudden, I mean, it's comfort food for the first couple of years, mm-hmm. and then when he starts telling them. Hey, I'm going to be leaving here pretty soon. Then all of a sudden, it gets real. Oh, I forgot and, to ask him. Oh, I another thing I love about Paul, he held them accountable. In in, in uh, 27, yes. he, he held them accountable. I'm not responsible for your fallback. I've told you everything you need to know, and I'm holding you accountable. Well, I'm he gives a whole right. sermon in this whole he does. paragraph. Very, right very much yeah, so. Absolutely. Very much look so. at the past. Look at the meat. Look Amen. right now. What's yes, yes, to you, yes. And look at the future. And beware of your own selves. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. going to. To be mislead or mislead people in your own flock. Well, and, and, he, he and Andy tells them to beware of wolves coming into the mm-hmm. congregation. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think is it's an apropos message for today's Christian world. We we get a lot of there. There's a lot of call to compromise our message mm-hmm. to yes. the culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, okay. I mean, I yeah. learned, blah blah blah. Yeah, I, I, I hate. And, I, to, and I'm not talking about styles of worship. Well, well, but here, here's the thing. So. I mean, and and I'm going to throw this little rabbit hole out there, whether we go down it or not. <laughs> that has been my big 
issue with non-denominational churches. You don't have a doctrine to follow. You have a person to follow. Okay? And it's up to that person to direct which doctrine they they they, they can are be going to go personality center exactly versus, they can be personality center versus a doctrine absolutely theology it, and it goes back to when we were changing our name as a church a couple of people asked me so what do you think I said I don't care as long as it's got the name Baptist in it and they're like why do you want Baptist in it I said, that's because, what we are because Baptist is a theological distinction. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and you have to have that to define that. Yeah. You know, and so, and 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 yeah, I'll, I'll run the rabbit hole a little bit because I, I tend to agree that that is something that we have to be careful of as we move right. forward. It's just one of those that, as we're moving and looking, if you don't know where you're grounded, if you don't know where you stand, then. You'll fall you, for anything. You fall you don't, you don't stand stand for something, you'll, you'll fall, fall for anything. anything. you got to have a Absolutely. base, man. you got to have a foundation. Not only that, but you fall into gimmicks. And, and right. the training world is replete with gimmicks. The gimmicks right now, you know, one of the ones is gamification. I'm gamification certified, actually. Right. And people are like, we well, need to do that as gamification. Why? The, the very first thing I learned about gamification, gaming your training, making it game out of your training was why are you gaming it? What do you right. want to accomplish? Are you, if right. you're gaming it just to make it a game and make it make fun, it more training, yeah. who cares? You know, it's still matter of fact, I can tell you right now, having designed regular training, having designed gamification training and having designed interactive and depth e-learning the absolute hardest of those to do is the gamification one to do it right. Mm-hmm. right. Because if you don't do it, it does become gimmicks and fun and you don't get your meat and that's where the church I think non-doms tend to run this because they tend to want to be the latest flash in the pan Right. they tend to run because you, they don't get their meat out of it because they're looking at it. I like, I like the way uh, Paul essentially summarized everything in bullet points and from my job as a salesman when I get a sale, I have to do that. I Because the person that I'm selling is going to talk to his neighbor. And his neighbor is either going to uh, justify um, the sale and agree that the client made a good deal or is going to say, you got ripped off. So <laughs> what he, but, So what he did by summarizing his impact, he justified his ministry but he also laid the groundwork for them to move on without him. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a really important thing for us as we go through as men because we jump from circles to circle. And you can't leave the last circle of influence if you've been the, the head. You can't leave it leaderless. Yeah. I want to address something Earl brought up. Um, and we go through our steps in our lives. Paul is actually going into the next step of his life, which is phenomenal. After this, I don't know if y'all are aware of this, he will get he will get imprisoned in Jerusalem and then go on to Rome and preach the message before kings. Yep. It's, it's incredible what he's going to do. But 
when you go next step in your life, it's uncomfortable at first. I mean, really uncomfortable. Right. Earl left yeah. the class, yeah. not knowing how he's going to do with the class. Yeah. And I asked him, I'd run into him the next few Sundays and say, Earl, how's it going? How's it going with the right. class? How's it going? And he got better and better. He said, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Smile I'm getting there. Right. 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 But, 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 but this is Bill's philosophy. God got bigger plans for you. Yeah. yeah, and this is like Don't this is almost like a, right. This is like more like a training and getting you ready, like you say, iron sharpening iron. This right. is like getting you ready for the next big step. Right. And, it, and 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 believe it or not, I used to refer back to this class in reference to my first time teaching here, and uh, God was with me then, and then you know sending me off to the next step. God, of course, well, was you with didn't him. hesitate. I mean, I, if if Bill said, "I want you to teach this class over here," I probably go, "Let me let me pray about it." Right. <laughs> <laughs> Earl says. I'm ready. I'll try it. I'll right. try it. Right, I and think that, I came twice. that's a hard. Yeah, so that, that's hard. And you're ready man for the next up. step. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and I love the name, man up, man up. And yeah. what again? What I like about this passage, Paul, the speech that he give, he's holding these guys accountable. He's holding them accountable. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, yeah. it's the speeches that he gives at the end of these lessons. It's just, it's just, it's, it's the epic. The one in the one in Athens when he gave the speech in Athens, and he, you know, he he started out. You know, I see y'all got your you got your beautiful stuff. You got the Aristotles, the Platos, the Socrates. But here it is, the same God that you got unknown. Unknown, you, right. That's the same God who give you breath to live. That's How can right. you be so smart, but you you you, you, you don't you know where your main thing. start? You, you missed miss the whole thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why, you see, I'm here to tell you about it. Amen. The speeches that he give yeah. at the end of these these uh, chapters and acts are just they're just epic, man. They 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 beautiful sermons. You can read them over and over again, and it's like boom, 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 boom. The bullet points, like you may mention, boom, right. boom, boom. Well, and the thing about it is, and we talked about this in our class, was that Paul was awesome because he was well trained. He was the Jew's Jew. Right. He was a Roman citizen. Mm -hmm. And by now, he had 20 years of experience. Mm -hmm. He could identify with every person that he was talking with. Mm -hmm. yes. He had similar experiences. But plus, he had been enlightened. Yeah. You know? he, he goes back to, to Christ's words here in 34 and 35 that just amazed me. He changes the whole expression here. He says in 34, you yourselves know that I myself worked hard and provided my own money, for my own food and everything. Not one of you gave me money to live on. And then you remember uh, let's see, in 35 and everything I showed you by working hard in the manner of what you must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said it is more blessed to give than and to receive. receive. Beautiful. He says, you're to help the weak and remember the words of the Lord. It's more blessed to give Amen. than to receive. I just, I'm amazed. He's got a whole sermon here in one sentence here that would go on forever. Paul does so that. He, he, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I get fired up at Paul's teaching and I get fired up at his actions. And, you know, the fact that, go back to 24, that, this is all about the love of Christ. This is all about God. This is all about, my mission is all about spreading the gospel. And remember, Paul killed Christians. Yes, and he don't absolutely. downplay it. He, he, right. he make mention of it from time to time. I once killed Christians. And Jesus Christ, he came, he came to see me. He, came, he, he, had a, he had a wrestle with me. And, 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 and now he's spreading the gospel. So no matter what you did, he's now all about spreading God's word. Well, and not only that, but 
run through the run through after he got saved, shipwrecked, thrown in jail, mm-hmm. stoned and left for dead, mm-hmm. struck mm-hmm. blind by Christ, mm-hmm. go to go to go to Jerusalem. And all the disciples are like, oh, no, 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 get away from me because I know you because you're faking us out. I mean, his his entire life was a struggle and a challenge. Paul gets beat up, stoned like you may yeah. mention. Now, I got whoopings when I was a kid. I never wanted to do again what I got a whooping for. Paul got stoned. They got around and prayed for him, and he went right back into the city oh, for which he right went right back in into the city. Right. Does that not fire you up or what? Oh, yeah, I mean, this yeah. thing. This, that's, uh, that's motivated. This motivated. Motivated. Right. Motivated. Right. Motivated. Oh, it is. It's great. It's Again, I can't great. imagine having anything, you know, fire me up more than actually seeing Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and especially being on the mission he was on and get dropped to his well, knees. And, and not only that, we're, we're not talking about. Jesus in right. the flesh at 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 uh, during his ministry. We're talking about the risen Lord. Right. You know, appear on the road, flash of light. Why are you persecuting me? Who are you? <laughs> you know, and you know that that is the ultimate motivation. You know, I I kind of feel in this lesson though. It, it reminds me of when I was getting out of the Navy. Um, I. I mean, I liked the Navy, it was okay, but I really couldn't wait to get out. And then what they call it is they call it getting short. That's, that's the, the Navy term, how you're getting short. And then in the end, I had my, my, the last couple of days, I had my shoes out in front of my room with my, with my hat on it. <laughs> that's how short I was um, the last couple of days. But I had this feeling, this melancholy feeling of leaving something that um, that I knew, something that I knew that I kind of built my own mini career in, and going off and doing something Ch- totally is different. Hard. Change, it, it, absolutely. Change, change is, is, yes, is one of those things in life that is very difficult because as human beings, we get set in our ways, we get comfortable with what we're doing and how we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's nice to, I mean, I got a new Keurig on Monday. My, my Keurig died, moment of silence, great tragedy in my household because I had no coffee pot. But my new Keurig showed up. This one works way differently than the other one did. My other one was about five years old. This one's a brand new one. And it took a moment this morning to kind of, okay, so put it in but then it's got a pre... Why is it making this noise? I, I mean, something as simple as a new coffee pot, and I'm like, okay, I don't understand. <laughs> right. But when you leave, when you leave something, though, uh, and I think this is unique to men, uh, you're always kind of worried about your legacy. Will anybody even notice that I was here? Well, man's greatest... Uh, what is it? greatest search is the search of significance yes yes i want to mean something i want exactly i want to mean something and it's leaving the legacy and and what most of us don't realize that i think paul knew more than probably better than anybody was the fact that our legacy is our relationships that we had his legacy was these men that he traveled with and broke bread with, 
and mm -hmm. cried over mm -hmm. and put in charge of churches, you know, and made elders. Yes, I mean, he, he, he wouldn't go and plant a church and leave. I mean, he, he, he was not a what we would consider a traveling evangelist that popped into town, did the hellfire and brimstone sermons and left. He went into town. Learned, it was like an interim. Yeah, learned the town, like right. Athens, mm -hmm. preached the gospel. Then he looked and found who the leader was among the followers, and then he groomed that person to be a leader. Then he left. Right. And this group that's listed here, and the, that he's talking to and praying over and sharing over and crying mm -hmm. with, these are the leaders that he has instilled in all the churches throughout this area, through Corinth, Athens, Ephesus, Miletus, all these mm -hmm. different cities that he has gone and established and planted churches in, these are the leaders he left in charge of those churches. I get the feeling, though, in this particular one, though, he has a bit of melancholy because he's done this obviously several times. Right. But this is going to be one of the last times. And he, I think, you know, he, I he think... He did can, not think he was going to ever come back to Ephesus. No, he didn't. Right. At, at this, he, we think he did. There, there's a... We get three missionary journeys in here. We know at the end of Acts he's arrested and he goes to Rome. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. we know he preaches to Caesar, actually. We mm -hmm. think he was released, and there's a fourth missionary journey where he goes back to this area and then ends up in Spain before he gets arrested again in Rome and then beheaded in Rome. But, yeah, he this is, and, and I think the melancholy comes from, he does not think he's going to come back here. Right. This is, in his mind, this is the end for him in this area. That, that he's going to go back to Jerusalem, he's going to come against the Jews, they're going to arrest him, send him to Rome, and that is all she wrote. Mm -hmm. You know, or he's going to die there in Jerusalem. And right. Well, and I think that's a, a unique uh, man condition. Uh, man works to get as high up uh, in authority, mm -hmm. um, make the difference that they can, and then when the change comes, not only do are they relinquishing the change, but they're relinquishing their position. Mm -hmm. And they're going to the next spot, and they're going to have to start and work their way up with the next one. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that's, and that's the unique uh, part of manning up mm -hmm. and what men have to do. So that's why I, I think it's a lot more difficult than a lot of people tend to think um, about a man leaving because they've worked their way into a comfort zone, most likely some kind of leadership ability or position in their circle of influence, and they're relinquishing all of that. For the unknown. For the unknown. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's where faith comes in. That's, a, that's all of it. That's the key it, it, to all is of this. Coming to that is coming to that to go to nowhere, be, or not knowing where you're going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Be, because the other thing about change is, if you, the fear of the unknown is what makes change so hard. And while most of <coughs> us 
or afraid of change because it's change. Let's, let's just say you get a new boss at your company. You know the name of the company is probably going to stay the same. You might get a couple of new directives, but assuming you're not in a wildly creative role where you get to do whatever you want, you're still going to be doing pretty much the same thing you were doing. Absolutely. In this case, in Paul's case, and, and really for the kind of ministry we're called to, change means not knowing anything. And not knowing any, and not having Absolutely. any idea about what's going on, that that you literally are stepping out, totally in faith, versus change in the human world where yeah it's change it's stepping out of faith, but there there's still some ground rules that we know are going to happen. You know, we talked about Paul and the effect of change on leaders, but like Robert said the effect on the underlings is multifaceted mm -hmm. because some of them it's not going to change mm -hmm. others are going to be impacted significantly and are either going to step up or step away from the lessons that they that they've learned and i think when a person puts a deadline on something that they're going to leave, you find out as much about the people that you're leading as you do about yourself, whether you had an impact on them or not. Prime example, and I'll go back to the Navy, uh, my chief, uh, Chief Ramsey, he was tough as hell. And he was tough on me uh, when I was in the Navy. But I was a farm kid, so it it really didn't bug me any, you know. But he's now my Facebook friend. And he was my chief for only a couple of years. He was in the Navy almost 30. And yet he remembers me. And he tells stories about me. And, you know, it's hard for me to imagine that after the way... I, he treated me or but you know what I'm saying yeah. but you don't understand that until you've changed you don't realize mm -hmm. impacts until you can step back and you can look at it here we're talking about it when it's happening right when it's happening whereas really you find out how much effect he had when you look back later on yes who stepped up, you know, what kind of impact he had. And that's a big thing with men. That's that legacy. And Did well, you matter? You said something that's very interesting. All of us can probably look back in our past, and that's simply being men is a 24-7 job. You Absolutely. don't know who you're going to impact the most, and you probably would have never guessed that you'd be talking with him now in, when you were had a relationship with him as he being your chief and you being the uh, cadet yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> you have no idea who, the, who you've affected the most in your life until you later on in the future. And you may someday know and you may never know some of the people you've affected the most. And, and I went through that with uh, my father's uh, memorial service. He, mm -hmm. he passed away just a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And having people come up to me 
and telling me how much my dad meant to them. I didn't even know those people's, some of those people's names. I didn't, I didn't know where he met them. But he had that kind of an impact on him. And, and, you know, so you never, never know who you're going to impact. Who, what, when, where, why. Never know. That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm connected to people that that they have left our company and gone on to other things. And I'm still connected with them on LinkedIn. And one of them today, he he got his PMP, Project Management Professional Certification. And he, he sent me an email. I, I was like, oh, hey, congratulations, Kurt. He's an engineer. Started as the CSP answering phones at AIG. And he's an engineer now, and he's got his P&P certification. Whoa. And I was like, hey, dude, congratulations. That's pretty awesome. He goes, yeah, I couldn't let you beat me after you got certified two years ago. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> right. Robert, yeah. how many people have you actually trained, would you estimate? And, and all these people look at you, and they will remember you. Uh, <laughs> Mike, I'm, I'm just good. sitting here ballparking it. Yeah. 15 people per class. I've done 80 to 95 classes. Okay. 1,500. Easily. I know, I know last year I did, I did an e-learning that was, done, that was viewed by over 3,000 employees that I put together. For the Department of Labor rules, so yeah. <laughs> Third grade math was the hardest three years of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this has been a wonderful study, and we only have one more in this book, yeah. and we are going to lesson thirteen is the gospel is unchained, and this is in Connect three sixty going viral, the birth and advance of the church. But before I go uh, around the room and get uh, summaries from all the fellows, uh, you might have noticed that uh, Earl Lloyd, our evangelist, stepped out because he's in choir. You got a little yeah. choir. That's right. He's got to go yeah, sing. So um, I want to go ahead and have uh, Kyle Trahan talk about our next uh, study that's going to be coming up and just uh, give a quick little blurb, and, uh, and then we'll go around and do a summary of this week's lesson. Um, all right, so, you know, the, the next one, starting in two weeks uh, for Sunday and, then of course, on Wednesdays, uh, we're going to do a, a book review, study, discussion, whatever you want to call it, on a book called The Six Battles Every Man Must Win uh, by Bill Perkins. Um, so, uh, amongst a, a million other things, um, fight for your personal identity. Um, or for your identity and fight for your personal holiness, fight for your family, fight through the pain, fight for your friends, and fight for a strong faith. Yeah, um, and uh, men, we love to fight. And exactly. Uh, we even got a little dagger on the cover of the yeah. book. Yeah, yeah that is uh, man. Uh, and we will talk a lot. Um, you know, he does a lot of talk and, and look at David and the mighty men and the battles wow. and stuff that they went through. Um, and some of the things that they did. It's, it's going to be a, a really, really good discussion. Um, and uh, I'll take my last minute on today's lesson. Okay, excellent. And we'll pass that on. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the, the ones, the, the verses that jumped out at me through this whole one is uh, verse 29. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And, you know, 
I think I think Robert said it. You know, we're uh, well. I mean, this whole thing is all about relationships. Um, relationships keep you in the fold. You stay tight in the group. You're stronger together. You're weak by yourself. And a wolf, all it wants to do is come in and circle around you to just get you out of the group. Once you're out of the group, you're easy prey. And so, you know, he's telling them, you know, just stay on guard. Watch what you're doing. Watch who's coming in. You're gonna, always going to have people that are going to come in and try and distract you. What he's warning about, just don't be distracted. Don't leave the flock. Don't leave the group. Be there. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Well, as I mentioned, Bill, we are men 24-7, and we are looked at 24-7, folks, even when we're asleep. I think we get, we get watched by our wives, right? Our right, spouse. right. But anyway, uh, the, the, the lesson we looked at, we looked at relationships with people among us and, and sharing the gospel as Paul did with all the people and, then, uh, and saying goodbye to them. And folks... Uh, I, I talk to myself as I talk to you. Be aware of all the relationships you have. Address each person uh, as being a special person, as a person that was created by God, even if you don't like for what they stand. Maybe the Lord will open the opportunity to let you talk to them about Christ. And uh, above all, folks, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, please, we do want to remind you that... Uh, we invite you to come to our church, Sugarland Baptist, if you don't have a church home. Or if you want to learn more about him, uh, you can obviously call our church and, and possibly reach Robert, Bill, myself, or Kyle, or talk to our pastors. And the whole purpose in the podcast, folks, is to present the gospel and present ourselves among ourselves and present it in a way that men will understand it. And uh, we invite you to accept the Lord as your Savior. And um, we hope you have a great week. Excellent. Robert, your summary. Yeah, um, I'm just going to read verses 27 and 28. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. That's Paul's admonishment to really all Christian leaders. You know, we, we are admonished to proclaim the whole gospel and keep watch over ourselves and the flock. And that as, as Christian men and Christian leaders, that's really our job, is to really be mindful and watchful of the flock that we've been charged with and take care of. And keep the wolves out. <laughs> right, right. As Kyle said. Yes. And one thing that I would just like to add, you're men, but you're not a comforter. You're a trainer. You are not always going to be around. You're a leader. And I think so many people miss that point. And then when the leader suddenly is gone, they don't know what to do because they were not prepared. <coughs> prepare yourself. Prepare your circle of influence. Be real with them. Show them the way. This has been the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 41. It's available on iTunes, also on SoundCloud. If you have a question for the fellows of Man Up, it's man-up on Facebook. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. But we have this discussion and we post it every week. And, Kyle, do you have anything? And, <clears throat> 
They don't call him the best color man for nothing. <clears throat> and we, in, we invite all of you, if you're ever in the Houston area, come out to Sugarland Baptist Church. We invite you to get involved in a Bible-based church. Enjoy an adult Bible fellowship, men-only group. And if there isn't one, start one. Thanks so much. This has been Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.